The Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, both took a 2-0 series lead last night, but which has a better chance of winning it all? Plus, the Houston Rockets are beating up on the Utah Jazz, but are they actually this good this year? Plus, the Golden State Warriors are tied at one in their series with the Clippers. Will they rebound tonight? Plus, Ben Simmons is called out as average by a fellow NBA player and the NFL schedule is released. It's all that and more, now. Sports 6 Podcast, I'm your host, Nick Friend, here on a Thursday. It is good to be back, sick as a dog for way too long. And my goodness, there is plenty get to get into. It is good to be back. Let's start with three minutes on the clock for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, who did both win yesterday and take a 2-0 series lead in their respective series. Obviously, the Bucks playing the Pistons, the Celtics playing the Pacers. And I'll ask the question you heard me ask at the top of this, which is, who has the better chance of winning it all? And folks, I don't have any interest in wasting time here. It's the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's not just the Milwaukee Bucks because they're the number one seed, and they should be. It's also because I am starting to believe fully that the Boston Celtics are one of, if not the most overrated team in the NBA. Yes, the most overrated team in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. It took 37 points from Kyrie Irving. And my goodness, a dominant performance at that. 26 points from Jason Tatum to beat a Victor Oladipo-less Indiana Pacers team who doesn't have a clear number one player at this point. And if you're struggling against the Pacers, who, yes, I get they're underrated, they play good defense, they're a well-rounded team, (laughs) you, you can forget it. When it comes to playing the Bucks in the next round or the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, if you can't even get there, you had to do a double digit comeback for the second game in a row against this team. And I know people are going to probably bring up if you watched last night, well, the Bucks were down to the Pistons in the first half. And yeah, that's true. But they also rebounded and won by over 20. And more importantly, the Bucks have a big three. The Bucks have Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have Chris Middleton. They have Eric Bledsoe. They have depth. That's not even mentioning Brooke Lopez is having a career year. They have a big three. The Boston Celtics? It's Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, who, by the way, is inconsistent at times, and then who? Jalen Brown hasn't taken that leap. Gordon Hayward is certainly not the same player. I mean, are we going to call Al Horford that dude? I, 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 like, I, I think it's time for us to accept that the Celtics just might not be that good. Like, dare I say that? I know Celtics fans are going to be all up in arms, but I'm sorry. Jason Tatum is not there yet. I think he's a year or two away, but from being, I mean, a year or two away from being one of the best players in the NBA, but he's not there yet. Obviously, they have Kyrie, but. Besides that, I think this, I mean, when, when Thies, who half of the people on this, listening to this podcast, have no idea who that is, is getting consistent time for you. That's a problem. I get they're banged up, but they're also probably overrated. And I'll say this, the Milwaukee Bucks series versus the Pistons, it's over. It's a sweep. It's done. The Celtics, 
I, I, I think they'll handle them in four or five games. But I wouldn't rule out a possibility the Pacers don't steal two at home. And I think that tells us a lot about these teams. So there's that. I'm sure he'll be hearing from Celtics fans. Now, two and a half minutes on the clock uh, for the Houston Rockets, who are, uh, well, quite frankly, absolutely beating up on the Utah Jazz. They're up to nothing. And here it comes. Chugga, 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 choo-choo. It's the Houston Rockets train that everybody hops on about this time of year. Everybody buys into the Houston Rockets annually in mid to late April. It happens. It's now just a, it's, a, it's an annual thing. And the Houston Rockets are like that overhyped high school peer, right? You know, the high school peer who gets a lot of credit from from the from the teachers, from his friends or her friends, and everybody thinks they're going to go on to do something big and grand. And you look up in ten years, and there they are bagging your groceries. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they were overhyped. And that's what I have said, and will continue to say. The Houston Rockets are overall like the Utah Jazz. Breaking news are just not that good of a team. And then when Donovan Mitchell isn't showing up for playoff games, then you can forget it. Like, they're just not all that good. And they're certainly not built for the postseason. And at the end of the day, when James Harden is your best team in the playoffs, I get he's an MVP candidate and all that. I am going to be concerned because of his history there. Just damn. Now, I will say this. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I will say it. I am a lot closer to buying in on this year's Houston Rockets team than I ever was last year. And I'll say it for multiple reasons. I'll say it because of their defense. This year's team's defensively is improved. And it is all led by their X-Factor guy, who if you don't know, it's about damn time you learned his name, P.J. Tucker, who has consistently been one of the best offensive players in the NBA. And then never mind when you're getting offensive production like you got from him last night. But... They have that. They have depth. I still can't buy into this team too much because I have to give myself a reality check myself and remember, oh, yeah, this is the Houston Rockets we're talking about who have consistently failed to make deep runs with James Harden as their guy. Uh, but I will say I'm closer to doing so. But then again, we will have no idea until they face the Golden State Warriors in the next round, which... Uh, if you aren't already marking your calendars for this one, uh, you might want to get on it. Now, two and a half minutes on the clock. Speaking of the Golden State Warriors, let's talk about them. They obviously are now tied in their series. Game three is tonight, 10.30 Eastern Time, TNT. And, you know, I learned this at a young age, and I'll just repeat it here. A broken horse is still better than a healthy pony. A broken horse is still better than a healthy pony. This is a great team. And are they probably slightly broken both you know from the way this team was built and emotionally locker room wise yes I will buy into that to some extent but every year we do this with the Golden State Warriors it's, it's a mockery every single year it's oh they lose a game and it's oh here we go you know the, the are the Warriors gonna struggle or is this finally them collapsing in the playoffs this that and the other and every single year they make it to the finals if not win it like, when, when are we going to learn our lesson as an NBA fan base? Yeah, everybody in the NBA world celebrating on Twitter after that game. Cool. Have your moment because you're not going to have one with this team for a very long time going forward. You can only keep them quiet for so long. And I'm sorry. Am I supposed to believe that Lou Williams is going to have 36 points against tonight? 
Dude's a bad man. 36 points. Montrose Harris, or Montrose Harrell, excuse me, is going to go 9 for 9 with 25 points? I don't think so. That was a wake-up call game for the Golden State Warriors. They had it last year in the first round against the San Antonio Spurs in game four, in which we all did the same exact thing after that game. And this was their wake-up call. They'll win this series in five games. They will. Now, with that said, I'll also say this. I'm more concerned about this year's team. I am more concerned about this year's Golden State Warriors team than I have been any of the others. I can say that I'm concerned about how Kevin Durant and his looks like possible just pending departure is going to, you know, interfere with this run. I'm concerned about their defense. I'm concerned about their lack of depth. But am I concerned about that against the L.A. freaking Clippers? Who, why, yes, they've overperformed, are still the L.A. Clippers led by a six-man who comes off the bench? No, I'm not. No. And the disrespect that continues with the Golden State Warriors is, I like, I get, I get it. We love to hate them, NBA fans as a whole, because they're successful. You're annoyed by the super team. I get it. But damn, have a reality check as well. Now, two minutes on the clock for this. Uh, yeah, the 76ers and the Nets are also playing tonight, and you might want to tune in because uh, there's now some off-the-court drama here going on, uh, and that is regarding ben, ben Simmons and Jared Dudley, who, uh, yeah, well, listen to this. Jared Dudley asked about Ben Simmons, and he said, quote, I think Ben Simmons is a great player and transition. Once you slow him up in the half court, I think he's average, end quote. He's right. He is dead on right about this. He's Ben Simmons is an elite player in transition. And by elite, let me not understate that. He is one of the best players in the NBA in transition. Ben Simmons is. It's it's elite. If you watch him in transition, and 76ers fans know this, he's, he's unbelievable. He's unstoppable. But he's also average in half court. Yes. But what I'm starting to get annoyed with is the Ben Simmons hate that we're seeing on a consistent basis. Like, I'm sorry. Did y'all not just check your stats? Because the stats say, and it's, by the way, eerily similar, that he stayed the same from last year. And I would say eyeball test says he's about the same player. The reason you should be disappointed in Ben Simmons is that he hasn't significantly or shown any really tangible improvement from last year. But this average as a whole player, this overrated Ben Simmons that came out from his peers a couple weeks ago is ludicrous. I'm sorry, have we all forgotten or just not realized or remember that he had a triple-double in Game 2 after struggling in Game 1? Yes, he needs to develop a jump shot. No two ways about it. The man's also 22 and is coming off a Rookie of the Year season and has done essentially the same thing and all of a sudden we're Jumping back on this guy. That's hard for me to wrap my brain around. But feel free to try and explain it to me. Because I'm going to need some explaining on that one. I, I I just don't get it. I don't. And listen, I have concerns about his mentality long term. I have concerns about him ever being able to develop a jump shot. Last year we're talking about this dude like he could be LeBron James. Which was ludicrous. And now we're talking about him like he stinks. Which is also ludicrous. 
It's somewhere in the middle, per usual. Now, to wrap things up here, two minutes on the clock. The NFL released their schedule yesterday, and I have picked my top five games of the season. And let's start with number five. This is a week one game. This is not the sexiest of matchups, admittedly, but from a football early test measure stick game standpoint, I love this game. That is Colts at Chargers week one. Two teams that could kind of, you know, be contenders or just be average playoff teams? Not really sure. I think it's going to be interesting early measure stick game for both. That's five. Number four, it's, uh yeah, it's America's team. The Cleveland Browns versus the San Francisco 49ers. Week five, Monday night football. I feel like I'm insane too by saying one of the top five games of the year is between the Browns and the 49ers, but welcome to 2019. It's an early interesting test for both. That's number four. Number three, and, you know, honestly, looking at this list, you could argue they should be higher. Chiefs versus Bears, week 16. I saw this and I thought three words with a question mark at the end. Super Bowl preview? Like, it could be. Chiefs, then were the Patriots are the best in the AFC. Bears are right up there. I think it's going to be a good test right before the playoffs, too. Week 16, that's number three. Number two is the teams that managed to combine to score 80 points last year. It's that rematch. It's Saints versus Rams, week two, 45-35 last year. I expect it to be high scoring and dominant this year as well. Early matchup. That's number two. And number one, folks, when this matchup happens, I'm sorry, I just have a hard way putting it any other way unless both of them stink and they don't. And that is Cowboys versus Patriots. Week 12, it's a test. You're in November, right before the playoffs, building to that playoff push. It's a test for both. It's Cowboys versus Patriots, two of the most loved and hated teams in the country. It's a must-watch. That's number one. So, there's that. Um, feel free to let me know if you think I'm missing anything. I'm sure people will think I am. Uh, it is good to be back. It, it just is. My goodness. Sick as a dog for way too long. Um, Sportsnik show, as always, Sportsnik.com, the YouTube channel earlier today. Tomorrow, it's back. I'm back. Sportsnik show, podcast. I'll see you then. Oh, also, we'll be tweeting some of my thoughts sporadically throughout the night during tonight's games on Twitter at NickFriend24. Enjoy them. See you tomorrow. Have a good one.